Thanks for joining me. I'm Nancy, and you're listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'll be talking to ordinary people, just like you, who share their real-life stories. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, leave a kind review, and share. Thank you for joining me for Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I am so excited that licensed professional counselor Carrie Chatterton is back, and she is going to be talking to us about body image, which is something that I think we all deal with, talking about it in a biblical way, not how the world sees us, maybe not even how we see ourselves, but how God sees us, working on that so it doesn't become everything that we think about and doesn't become unhealthy. If you missed it, she was on our episode 22 talking about anxiety in our kids, and you will want to check that out. I know so many of you have said what a blessing it has been for Carrie to be on and talking about some real-life things going on in our world and how we can deal with them. What a better way to discuss this than with someone who does this all day, every day, but is doing it for us free. Thank you, Carrie, again for coming on, and I know you'll be blessed by this episode. Carrie was on talking about anxiety, and another thing that we just see all over the place is body image. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I, what, what, what is the statistic you were telling me about? Like, was it 95% of women? Or? It's, I think it's around 97% of women are unhappy with their body in some way, shape, or form. And my guess is the other 3% are lying. I was going to say, is that not 100%? (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's some people not reporting honestly in the surveys. But yes, it's very, very high. So that tells us how common it is. Right. Yeah. Right. So what is something that you tell people that, well, every single person, (laughs) because it's always something, right? Like my hair, it's too curly. It's too straight. Like... I look fat, I'm too thin, my boobs are too big, they're too small, Mm -hmm. I'm too short, I'm too tall. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what you are. I I assume even models that look amazing still are going to have these problems, right? Yeah. So what is something that we can do to help ourselves and maybe help others, I guess, as well? Yeah, that is an excellent, excellent question. Um, What I start with, with my clients, which usually throws them off, is I will say to them, depending on what I'm wearing, what size are my pants? Mm. Or what size is the dress that I'm wearing? And they'll pause for a second. They're like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, go ahead and guess. It's not going to offend me. Guess. Uh, people say, I don't know, a, a four, an eight, a six, a ten. I'm like, okay. So let's say that it turns out that I'm wearing a size four. You like me more? And they go, no. What if I'm wearing a ten? or a 12 or a 14. You like me less? No. I said, isn't it funny that I'm the only person in this room who actually knows what number is on the inside of my clothes? Mm. And it doesn't matter to you. You've made your decision about me. You have an opinion about me. And the number on the tag in my pants or on my dress doesn't change that. Mm -hmm. So that's the first kind of eye-opening thing that people get, is that we are very hard on ourselves. But I would say that oftentimes we're really, really hard on these things that don't really matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also reference um, a relative that they may have had in their life that has passed away that meant a lot to them who wasn't in perfect shape. We all have someone in our life. Um, I think of my grandma. I loved her to death, my nanny. And 
I wouldn't have loved her anymore if she weighed 20 pounds less. Mm -hmm. I loved her because of who she was. So nobody is going to be at your funeral going, man, they really just could have lost those 50 <laughs> pounds. We really could have had a relationship. That's ridiculous. And another thing I try to say for perspective reason is, so you have an idea in mind. Maybe my arms need to be more muscular. Maybe I need to be thinner, blah, 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 whatever it is. Okay, how would your life change if that were the case? Now, for some people, yes. Some people, they do need to do these things for health reasons. Right. I can readily admit that and say, absolutely, let's do that in a healthy way that it doesn't become an obsession. Mm -hmm. But for the majority of the people I have worked with, they go, nothing. There is nothing that I can't do now that I could do if my arms were stronger, if I had six-pack abs, if I was three inches taller, fill in the blank, my life would not change. And so then I remind them, then that is a you perspective, and you're the only one holding yourself back. Because oftentimes they'll say, no one has ever said this to me. No doctor has ever told me to change. No friend or loved one has ever told me to change. So it's a them, a them perspective, and they have to just learn to change their perspective. Um, I give that example because I think I shared with you this story that after having my second son, and I had had two C-sections, and let's face it, your stomach doesn't look good no, after a C-section. It doesn't look good after just having a, a baby. baby. Yeah. And I was in my bathroom, and I was changing. And because I have small children, privacy isn't something that happens in my house. And so my oldest, who was about four or five at the time, came running in. And he goes, Mommy, your tummy is so squishy. And oh, I just felt so defeated. I'm like, I know. And in my head, I'm thinking, it's kind of your fault. <laughs> but I'm just like, I know. It's so squishy. And he came up to me, and he wrapped his arms around me. I'm like, oh, I could just hug you all day. Mm-hmm. So to me, this thing that made me ugly, mm-hmm. unlovable, unworthy, I have one of the most important people in my life coming over and saying, I love you because of it. Mm. Change your perspective. Yeah. Change your perspective. And I know that both of us, we, we both work out. We don't yep. both try to eat healthy, right? Like, um, there's definitely something to be said about using your temple that God yes, gave you. Yes, absolutely, right? yeah. Um, but it seems like it just so easily goes to an unhealthy place. It can become obsessive. Um, I think about when I was at a lower weight and I thought, okay, when I get to this number, again, the number thing, I will have arrived. I will not have problems. I won't feel bad anymore. I'll be so confident. And I got to that weight, and then I was going, oh, my goodness, I have to stay here. What am I going to do? I can't eat this thing because I won't stay here. I have to exercise this many times. If I miss a day of exercise, my life is over. And I became obsessed. Mm. That's no way to live. Mm. And that's not Mm God-honoring. Because when I allow myself to get obsessed with something other than him, then that's idolatry. Like, I can't live in that, in that space. And that does happen a lot. I've often wondered um, if Satan does not use this, if this is not a spiritual warfare tactic of his, to get those of us Christian women to get so obsessed and so down on ourselves because of body image that we're too distracted to be used in the kingdom. Oh. Because how many Christians do you know, if you think of it right now, 
Christian women that will post on Instagram, Facebook, what have you. I've lost this much weight, or this is my workout routine, or this is the shake I'm drinking, or this is what I'm doing, or never miss a Monday, fill in the blank. And now compare that to how many of them are sharing their Bible study, Mm -hmm. how many of them are sharing how they're serving, how many of them are sharing how God's working in their lives. Now, there's nothing wrong with fitness. Fitness Mm -hmm. is great. Promote that. You really should. A good balance of fitness and healthy eating is great. But are we focusing more on that? Mm-hmm. on the physical exercise and the spiritual exercise that God warns us about, that bodily exercise profits little, but spiritual exercise lasts for eternity? Are we focusing too much on the part that lasts temporarily and not enough on the eternity piece? And I think many of us are guilty of that or have been or know others that have, and that's the culture we live in, and it's flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it should be. That's really good. It's really good. I see a lot of people could say Hollywood, you could do commercials, you could say, you know, magazines, they promote such the perfect person. But the interesting thing is, is that I feel like Hollywood or whatever you want to call it is now almost also promoting obesity. Yes. So they're like doing both. Isn't isn't that so confusing, right? Yes. Body positivity, as well as don't you want to look good in this bikini? Right. Yeah. It's so confusing. And that's why we cannot take our cues from the world. Mm. Because they're confused. (laughs) Clearly. They're confused. Because coming out of one side of their mouth, they're promoting all this fitness. And coming out of the other, they're like, it doesn't matter. Just be you. And there has to be an Mm in-between because we don't want to promote unhealthy living regardless, whether that is obesity or whether that is anorexia. Right. Neither of those are good for you. Right. So we have to find the balance. Where do we find that? We find that in God's word. We find what we should focus on. Our body is a temple. We should nourish it. We should exercise it. But we should do those things in an effort to make us more valuable in the kingdom. And I read an article by John Piper once who talked about that. Pause for a minute and look at what your routine is. Are you doing these things with the intention of vanity? I really want to look good for my 20-year high school reunion. I'm going to see that ex-boyfriend and he's really going to be impressed and feel bad about what he let go of. Or am I saying I'm going to exercise to keep my body strong to keep up with my children? I'm going to exercise so that I have the energy to do God's work. Am I going to eat well so that I feel stable in all parts of my life? Because there is something to that with mental health also when we're eating and nourishing our bodies well so that I can be available and ready for those who need me so that I can further the kingdom. That's a good intention for anything. And if you're going, I just am doing this because of fill in the blank. I want to look good. Isn't that vanity? Isn't that spoken against in the Bible? doesn't that matter at the very bottom of everything? So check your intentions. Mm. Check your intentions. What made you become a counselor? Oh, that's a great question. This is this is funny. <laughs> Do you remember the show Family Ties? Yes. Okay. So there were reruns of Family Ties one night, probably on Nick at Night. I was I was a teenager. And there was this episode called My Name is Alex. And Alex P. Keaton... <laughs> is going through counseling and he's in this black room and he's going through memories and he's kind of reliving them and you just hear the counselor's voice talking about this and it was the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep and I did not have a TV in my room so I got up and I went in the living room I remember it was pitch black and I just turned on the TV 
And I watched as this boy was struggling because he had just lost a best friend who had died. And I don't remember the circumstances, but he was going through and processing all of these feelings. And there was just this person guiding him, just talking to him and helping him. And I thought, I want to do that. Oh, that's so cool. I want to be there and do that. And I took my first psychology class in high school. was like half year sociology, half year psychology. And I was hooked. And I went right into it in college, and then I went on in seminary, and I've never looked back. So it very clearly felt like a calling. Plus, people would talk to me about things that were uncomfortable that I didn't want to talk with them about necessarily, but they felt comfortable sharing their whole life with me. So I'm like, eh, this will work. <laughs> so you have a seminary degree? I do, yes. So I got my bachelor's degree at Tennessee Temple University in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Sadly, that university is no longer there, but then I went on to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and I got my degree in biblical counseling. And when I moved to Colorado, I finished the requirements for the state licensure here and got licensed, and here we are. That's amazing. Now, you were just mentioned in a magazine, weren't you? I was, Can actually. Can you tell me what that is? Sure. So, uh, Brio is a Christian teenage girls magazine from Focus on the Family. They like to feature different Christian women in careers. And so I was interviewed for that to talk about how I got into counseling, my calling in counseling, and then um, just giving kind kind of the practical steps of what you need to do if you choose to go into that. Um, characteristics and things like that that you may need in your life that kind of indicate that this would be something good for you. So it was really an honor to be featured in that magazine. That is so amazing. I love that. I would just say that if you are struggling with mental health and you are struggling right now with a crisis, please don't try to just wait to get in to see a therapist. If you are struggling right now, call 911. Go to your nearest emergency room. They are equipped to help evaluate and get you help immediately. Um, Don't brush off things that really feel like they are very much intense in your life and they are impacting your life. There is no shame. So if you are in a place that you feel that you have the support to wait to get a counseling appointment and you can do that and that benefits you, great. If you are in crisis, go get taken care of today. That's good to know. Thank you for being on. I know that I just really resonated with that about body image and just remembering what you're doing it for. I think that's so important and you can either fall on both sides, right? Like to stay in the middle is both. And I think that's so much about Christianity, right? Like Mm -hmm. the law, grace, Yes. right? I mean, like we we just have to live in this hard balance, but that's what what Jesus asks us to do. Yeah. So. And, and for those really struggling, if you have kids, I'll tell you, if you can't do it for yourself right now, do it for your kids. Yeah. Because little eyes are watching you, and they will repeat things that you wish they didn't, and they will mimic things that you wish they didn't. And our kids, as young as six, boys and girls, by the way, um, are starting to diet and starting to dislike their bodies. And we have this beautiful ability to change that but we have to model it. So if you can't do it for you, do it for the little people in your life, whether they're your kids or not. Um, Because a lot of times moms won't do that for themselves, but they will for their kids. So good. Well, I know I've been blessed. Thank you so much for being a blessing to our audience. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you for tuning in. 
God gave me a calling to share people's stories, and I've been doing that for over 15 years with my business, Generations to Generations. Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things is a continuation of telling stories. All of us have a story, and it's imperative that we share it with others to learn and empower. I know you have a story to share on how God has showed up in the mountains and valleys of your life. To do that, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, or email me at ordinarypeoplestories at gmail.com. And I'll see you on the next podcast.